Tayanos, Tayanos, fresh tongues, Tayanos, fresh tongues. A new depth, a new fountain, a new depth, a new fountain, Tayanos. In Jesus' name. presence of the name that is above every other name. Other names fade away. Every institution and authority that cannot be traced to our Lord Jesus Christ. At the sound of our voice, there shall be a performance, an implementation of the policies of heaven concerning all of them, the scripture says that any spirit that did not make heaven and earth, any power, any name that is not participant in creation, that that name will be done away with. And as we, the sons of Zion, make the sons of God, it is another opportunity for us to implement the policies of Zion. Any name. In your family, any name in this territory that is exalting itself against the authority of God, against the name of our Lord, they are done away with. They are done away with. Every darkness that is seeking to find expression at the shining of the great light. All of them is faith. It is not a contest. No. We are not trying to gain victory. What we are doing is triumph. That's why we make sounds. Sounds of Zion. The sounds of Zion is the sounds of triumph. Because we understand that there is seed that is in us. And there are they that are with us. All we do is to align. We align by these sounds. And then they will make a mess of all Satan has been trying to do. It's not that power. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Yesterday we began to teach on um, the structures of the wilderness or process season. And we were able to um, document 15 structures that we expect to find in the seasons of process. Is that right? Yes. And also, we were able to look into three of them. We are trusting God to raise a series from this. And then we trust God to at least touch three today. And we trust God to keep us on this path because you never know where the Holy Ghost can go. And I'm not like you. I cannot be insisting on what I want to do when the Holy Ghost is doing another thing. I want to be foolish for his sake. Amen. Amen. So I'm but God is still here. So yesterday we were able to touch deliverance. And we were able to touch what again? Character. Character. And what again? Prophesying 
There is a reason why we call it prophesying. Not just prophecy per se. And not just... Um, let me say one thing. Now. Maybe we didn't read a lot of scriptures yesterday. I will give us a lot of scriptures. And hope you didn't take too much time in, in the uh, time for explanation. <clears throat> Every believer that has received the Holy Spirit is prophetic. What did I say? See, so when I talk about prophesying, I'm not talking about the manifestation of the office of the prophet. I'm talking about the innate capacity in you because of the advent of the Holy Spirit in your recreated human spirit. Are you with me? So every, every believer that has the Holy Ghost has capacity to prophesy. As I said yesterday, the simplest definition you can give prophecy or prophesying is speaking forth the counsel of God by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So that means you must have known the counsel of God and then you begin to speak it forth. And remember, um, this dimension of the prophetic is actually creative. What did I say? Creative. There are dimensions of the prophetic. Um, there are actually two major dimensions. One is Revelatory, where there is a revelation of things that are hidden. There's another dimension that is creative. The one I'm talking about is creative. As a matter of fact, creative prophetic is superior to the revelatory. Meanwhile, in our time and in our season, in our generation now, there is too much emphasis that people have placed on the revelatory prophetic. And maybe being that man is limited and there is this there is this curiosity, desire in man to know what he doesn't know. And most of these cases, these people that is, some of them function by the spirit of Python. Most of them, they don't have answer to your problem. It's just like those days now. You go and ask the this thing. Who did this? Who did this? Who did this? They show you they cannot answer to the question. Now, of course, that is not the case for the um, genuine gift that is found in the kingdom. But even at then, the creative prophetic is still superior. For example, um, why is Elijah called? Are you with me? When Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, there are two people that made him deal. One is Moses. The second person is what? And the scripture made us understand that each of them is representing the two combined effect of the Old Testament, Old Covenant. Are you with me now? So um, while Moses was representing the law, Elijah was representing what? The prophets. The question is, haven't you read uh, uh, the prophets like Jeremiah. 
Did you notice that Elijah didn't have many revelations? Go and join the check. If he had, they were not documented. But why is it that he's the one that represented the prophetic? I don't want to ask questions so that we let me explain it quickly. But we saw also his prophetic that Elijah's job is to come and say, where there is no business something being in this place, he comes and causes it to happen. So he comes and says, Before the Lord God whom I what stand, there shall neither be dew nor rain. This year, he said, according to my own words. So that is the creative capacity that is in a man. And what we call that is the prophetic word. The word in a man's mouth has gained energy so much so that it can cause things that are not to come to be. Are you with me? The prophetic is... That's why you have to understand the connection between this type of prophetic and the process and wilderness season. Because those are the seasons where it seems as if there is not. Are you with me? But by those prophetic words in your mouth, you are able to cause things to be. You have not seen them, but you cause them to be. Are you with me? I don't have time. But once the anointing comes on a man, eh, you can prophesy. The only thing you need to prophesy is the anointing coming on you. That's the only thing you need. That's the only thing you need to prophesy. You see, they called Elisha at one time. And Elisha wanted to minister. Some kings came and met him and told him that there are issues. We want to go to war and all that. What did he say? He said, call a minister for me. Why are they calling a minister? Why? For the anointing to come on him. Because once the anointing comes on him, he can prophesy. And remember, Elisha functioned. Elisha, first of all, there is a way Elisha functioned. He first of all, reviewed what is happening and reviewed what is going to happen. And what is more important is what is going to happen and how it's going to happen. Inan called the king and said, Open that window. The king opened the window. He said, Shoot an arrow. The guy shot an arrow. He said, Bring it. Hit it on the ground. He hit it. He said, The arrow of God's deliverance for Israel. The guy hit it three times and stopped. What, he doesn't know that the action he's taking is what? Prophetic. He thought he's just sitting bow on the ground. He doesn't know he's creating the future. Elijah, Elijah said, ah, why did you stop? Had even you did it six or seven times, you would have smitten the enemy forever. But since you did it three times, after three times, he will resurrect. Because the man doesn't understand the prophetic. He thought, he thought he's just doing something. He doesn't know that he's creating the future. So once the anointing comes on a man, you can prophesy. And as I told us, we didn't go into, I said, we just touched the spiritual, spiritual gift a little. And I told us that, okay, is that any good that I told them that actually the book of Hebrew, um, Romans chapter 12 is talking about the prophetic and prophesying. That's just the truth. Every other gift there is simply mentioned. 
There is no gift that was defined. It is only utterance gifts that we have defined. And the context of utterance is actually prophecy or prophetic. I don't care whether it's interpretation of tongues or tongues or prophesying. All of them is still to achieve one thing. Receive utterance and release it. One is in the way men can understand. One is the way men can understand. One is simple release by the anointing of the Spirit upon you. And Paul, after everything, he said, covet to prophesy. So Paul is making more emphasis on the prophetic dimension of the gifts of the Spirit. Meanwhile, I'm not even talking about gifts now. I'm talking about an inherency that is in a believer because of the advent of the Spirit of God. Are you with me now? The presence of Christ in you has embedded in you a capacity, a creative capacity. In other words, as God created, you can also what? Create. The question is how? It is through this prophetic. So when a man is in the wilderness, that is an opportunity that God has afforded you in process, let me use, in process, God affords you opportunity to create the future the way you want it to be. And a man that is prophetic is a man that is looking beyond the now. Are you with me? You have seen with the eyes of God and seen what is about to come. And then the anointing came on you and you begin to create them. One of them is that you say, I can't be small. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. You can't end like this. Oh my God. No. So, this is what we should do most of the times. Once the anointing, if you wake up in the morning and you notice, for no reason, the anointing came on you, begin to prophesy. If you wake up in the afternoon, if you are walking on the road, if you are doing anything, and you notice, for no reason, the anointing came on you and you cannot explain why it came. Prophesy, my friend. Why did I say? Begin to create the next one week. Begin to create the next one month. Begin to create the next six months. I will not lack in the next six months. Begin to prophesy. My secret place will not be dry in the next six months. Are you with me? Cook it. You create it. That's the power of the prophetic. Okay. So, finally wrap up this point. Let us look at Ezekiel chapter 37. Once we read this place, you will not get the full picture of what it means because this is a man prophesying where, where there is no reason to. But that is actually when you need the prophetic. Are you with me? Verse 1, he says, The hand of the Lord was upon me I have to read it, the whole text, or at least majority, not for, but for you to get the picture. Ezekiel chapter 37, not 47, 37. Verse 1. It says, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of 
the valley, which was full of bones. Amen. You see, this is a desolate place. He said, He set me in the midst of where I say valley. valley. And we don't have to go into the metaphorical meaning of these things. Valley and mountain are two opposites in a life. When you are in the valley, you are at your lowest point. When you are on the mountain, you are at your highest point. Amen. He said, And caused me to pass by them round about, and behold, there were very many in the open valley. <laughs> and lo, they were what? He didn't say dry, he said very dry. <laughs> I don't want to be in this situation. But the truth is that most times we find ourselves in this situation. Most times. And he said unto me, Son of man, not. There is a reason why he says son of man. He wants to show him that I with you. you are not getting the point that this text is trying to make by saying son of man. He is trying to show him the power he carries as a man that this job is, 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 is to be done. You can get this job done as you are now. Are you with me? There is no further need for elevation to a higher realm of oppression or to become an angel, or become whatever, for you to get this job done. He's saying what? Son of man! This is a capacity that is inherent in you because you are a son of man. You don't know yourself yet. That's what the scripture is trying to show you by calling him son of man. I want to show you the possibilities that is in you that you have never tapped. He said, can these bones be he said, and I answered, O Lord, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, what? He said unto me, what? That's what. If, you, if you can prophesy. See, <laughs> if you can prophesy, anything can still change. If, no matter how bad it is, if the anointing can still come on your life, take advantage of it. What did I say? Take advantage of it and what? Professor, professor. And say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. We are not, we don't have time to go into those ends of the prophetic. One of the, you have to be specific. I will. If you want to prophesy, be specific sometimes. Oh God, enlarge my capacity, enlarge my capacity. We are going to get to capacity. The truth is that there are multiple dimensions of capacity, actually. There is capacity for the anointing. In such a way, like you are prophesying, prophesying. You have to be specific in what you are prophesying about. Huh? I prophesy to you my bank account in the name of Jesus Christ. Eh? Receive more credit than debit. The last time you checked, the only message that is coming is, oh my God. <laughs> the only thing happening is debit alert. Yes, it works. Should I tell you 
my own testimony. I went to that that 10k we withdrew. I went and checked my account. The thing did not reflect. <laughs> yes, it did not reflect. So when we say this thing is the things we have also, it didn't reflect. I checked everything. Richard did everything. The thing didn't reflect. I almost tried to go to it seemed as if the power is working through ATM machine. I'm Glory to God. <laughs> It's me now. Some of you said it on Saturday, you didn't believe it. Glory to God. <laughs> you like this? <laughs> <laughs> like this. <laughs> 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 Verse 5 says, Thus said the Lord God unto these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. See, I'm not saying somebody sent money to my account and I took it. No, if it's that one, you return it. I'm saying there is no evidence anything entered or left. Check my distance. Nothing to show. So, you have finally gotten it. He said, um, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. That is the first point. So, it seems as if the prophetic is, is um, step by step. Part of the reason why people are not effective in prophesying is that they don't know that it is step by step. It is breath first, before any other thing. We are not going into analyzing how the prophetic works. Are you with me? So that means that there are certain things that cannot begin to happen in your life until after some other things have first of all happened. Is it, is it okay? Is it okay? There are things that happen first so that others will not happen. For example, you have heard that proverb that our people used to give said that it is after you have gotten land, you will now start looking for mats to sleep on it. Is it not true? Uh-huh. <laughs> are you getting the point? That means that in the prophetic, there are things that come first. Part of the challenge that people have is that they jump. They jump step one, two, three, and go to four. And they're wondering why they're not getting results. In what they're releasing. How can you be prophesying for Canaan? For God's sake, it is not needful. What you need to prophesy is for a platform that can yield that car. Why not prophesy business ideas? Are you getting the point? Why not prophesy business open doors, relationships? Why not prophesy it? Are you getting the point? Is it okay? When that one comes, then God can do because the scripture says, whatsoever your hand are found to do, then God will now go and bless it. Their businesses and the way you have positioned yourself, it cannot yield 10 million. 
So you begin to prophesy in such a way that you are properly positioned to what you receive. So there are prophecies, if, for example now, if God comes, even in ministry, if God comes and said, prophesy, you, you come and prophesy and say, and say, millions of souls, you know it's not possible. I know it looks, uh, it looks nice to hear, but you are just, it's good to psych yourself up, you know that, to continue pressing. The truth is that you don't have the structures to raise for God the million souls. Why not begin to prophesy those structures in place first? There are relationships you need. There are growths you need. There are dimensions of spiritual gifts. All kinds of stuff that need to be in place first so that it will be possible for you to lay hold on a, a million souls. So if God says, I'm releasing souls, Men that will win one million, just know he's not talking to you. I with me. Don't go and prophesy that. That is good, but it's not what the foundation. I'm trying to say there is a reason why that one you have not seen it. Are you getting the point? The reason why you have not seen it is because you have not prophesied the one that will lead to the next one, and then prophesy this one. It now leads to it. I'm reading from the scripture. It said, first of all, what? Prophesy that life we enter the bones. And then the second one, he said, he said, um, and I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up what? Flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and ye shall live and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was, what, there was a noise and behold, a shaking, and then a shaking, and then, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above. But there was no breath, breath in them. Then said he unto me, What? Prophesy, the wind, prophesy, son of man. And said to the wind, Thus said the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon this land, that they may live again. <laughs> oh my God. So I what? Prophesy. You see, stage by stage, as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood up, even upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then interpretation came. Said then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are what the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dry, and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. I will stop here because if if there is this interpretation did not come, you will not also believe that this thing I'm saying is directly related to this. This is this is the house of Israel that has lost hope. So in the seasons of desolation where there is no hope, this is the word that is in your hands. I will. He continued prophesying. After he finished, he prophesied again. He told him, he, he prophesied again. He told him, he what? Prophesied again. Until he began to see the fruits of his prophecy. The fruits of his prophecy. The fruits of his prophecy. 
Um, that was the last part of what we had yesterday. Um, so today, let's. I'm thinking we should look at. Convictions, visions, and encounters. Convictions, visions, and encounters. Help me and get what I do. Convictions, visions, and encounters. to the book of Acts. I think this will be properly gotten if we x-ray the life of Paul. Um, let's start with visions and encounters because if we understand visions and encounters well it will help us to understand convictions visions um, moreover, this is even tied together more like visions and encounters. Acts chapter 20, 26 from verse 19. Acts chapter 26 from verse 19. Acts chapter 26 from verse 19. If you are there, say Amen. Amen. Okay. So, whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was I was not disobedient unto what Unto what? For you to properly understand this verse 20, verse 19, we might have to go back six verses. Huh? Six verses. Six verses before. Yes. We might have to go back six verses. Verse 13. See, this is where Paul was narrating the encounter he had. The encounter he had on the road to Damascus. Um, 
one of these days, I will teach us types of encounters. There is one major type of encounter. This type that Paul had here, we call it in Greek, it is called optasis. I hope I'm correct. Optasis. It means, you know, how many of you have seen Jesus? You have seen him now. Many people here. But when you saw him, I with me. Have you noticed that sometimes you saw Jesus, but it's revelatory. It, it, it did not really have impact in your in your body or in your life. Or, huh? That is an encounter, but that's not the type that Paul had. The encounter with Jesus that Paul had eh, is an encounter that changed him even body. To the point that even his eyes was blind. Know that type of encounter. It is an obstasis encounter. That's why some people say they have seen Jesus. We have to verify the type of encounter too. So we are now doubting that you saw Jesus. We are doubting what type of encounter did you have with Jesus? If it's of obstasis, what happens is that the content eh, and the reality of that encounter will follow you out of that encounter. I with you. So, if when you encounter Jesus, what he released upon your life was the spirit of holiness. From that day, when you speak, people will feel the spirit of holiness. You carry it as a mantle. You carry it as an, an embodiment of an encounter. That encounter that you had with Jesus, if he's of obstasis, you live with the reality that men can feel all the days of your life. It is not something you need to explain. It is something when you come, people will taste and see it. So you don't need to tell people, I encountered Jesus. No, they will feel the impact of that encounter even now. Are you getting the point? So there are encounters you explain what is, I saw Jesus and he was doing this. He told me, no, no. If he's obsessed, it, it affects your life. He doesn't tell you what to do. He affects your life directly. So that men does not need to ask whether you encounter Jesus. They will see the impact of that encounter in your life. Are you with me? There are men that encountered Jesus and he touched them. And said, I bless you with my presence. From that day, they don't need to say it. When they come around you. You actually know that the presence of Jesus is here. When they come around you, or they minister, when you sit under the administration, people have encounters with Jesus, the person of Jesus. I'm sure most of us have seen Jesus once in a while. Is it not? He's not yet of stasis. If he, if he jams you of stasis, when we cry for encounter, that's actually what we cry for sometimes. An encounter that doesn't leave your spirit, soul, and body the same way you met it. You finish your encounter, sometimes, haven't you been in an encounter, and God told you that you will heal the sick, you wake up, you have not been able to heal the sick. That's not obstasis. If it's obstasis, uh, once you are coming out of it, uh, instantly, 
you are carrying the reality of that encounter to manifest it. You don't even need to tell people that you encountered something. Kenny Hagin said that when Jesus entered his room and that bowl of glory came down, what happened is that his grandmother wanted to run inside his room and the bowl of the glory that was there threw her away. Boom! Like a ball. You don't need to explain to that person again after that one because he carried it. And what Kenneth, when Kenneth came out of that encounter, he doesn't need to tell people that Jesus told me to heal the sick because we saw it manifest. Are you with me? Optasis. So even though Paul is trying to explain to this one, but he's carrying the full evidence of that encounter, both physically and spiritually. So this is an analogy of the encounter. I'll be, I'll be um, merging visions and encounter because there is a certain type of vision I want to talk about. I, I'm not, eh? Eh? Have you checked it? Optasia, <laughs> optasia, optasis. See the same thing. So I'm correct, right? At least you know that this is glory to God. Because of that, when I say this is, you look at me and say, ah. He went and checked. You want to know where that pastor is? No. We actually study a lot of Kai. I cannot carry this capacity if I'm a novice. I'm not a novice. I've done this thing. I've given myself to ministry for 10 years. I'm not saying born again ministry. And I work hard. So, I don't just, I, I don't just speak by utterance and inspiration. I also dissect, exegete, because I give myself to doctrine, scriptures, understand many things. Hmm? For example, because this is the revival hub and we, we measure more on revival. I'm, I'm basically a missiologist. You know what it means. Somebody that studies on revivals. And I track down all revival histories and movements. And if it's true, you must know the history of the church. get back. My friend is if I continue on this line, we have to go and help him. Michael Samante Kabaya. <laughs> Amen. So I will be I'll be interchanging visions and encounters. The reason is that there are there is a type of encounter and visions I'm talking about. I'm not talking about write down your visions for 2020. That's not that is not the type of vision I'm talking about here. Huh? I'm not talking about a vision that came as a result of interacting in your soul. I'm talking about heavenly visions. Hmm? It is only heavenly visions that have the capacity to power your destiny. Huh? You see, eh? if your vision came from the regions of your soul, that means it, so, and something that comes from the realm of the spirit can truncate it. 
it doesn't matter how much vision and the plan you had for the year. Eh? If your father saw her in the village, that is powered by a spiritual power, a spiritual entity. It doesn't matter the vision you have for the year and how much you crafted it. It doesn't matter whether it's Feladurotoye that gave you the template. It doesn't matter whether it's um, what are all these major motivational speakers. Barack Obama, that's where you got your own. Robert Kiyosaki. Robert Shula, that you read all of them. How to be, you know. When you finish, your father saw her in the village. He's saying you will be poor this year. <laughs> eh? And you end up poor in spite of all your best effort. You planned well, worked hard, applied all the principles that you learned from that book that possibly worked for another person. What you did not understand is that the, the contest that that vision is getting on the days of its application is originating from the realm of the spirit. Meanwhile, your vision is originating from the soul. And the soul has no answer to what is coming from the spirit. Are you getting the point now? That is why in this case, I'm not interested in the visions of your soul. I'm not saying it's bad, deal. I'm saying that... <laughs> I don't need to explain much. Most of us are... We are Nigerians, so we understand these things. Now, but I'm talking about heavenly visions. Are you with me now? And mind you, I'm not saying that the things you apply in life and the business that you do, um, that means it's... No, no, what I'm saying is that... Okay, let me give you an example. My mother said that before she started doing her business, she had a vision from heaven. Are you with me? Obviously, the origin of the beast is something, she's doing something physical that you too can decide to do by the desire of your soul. Decide to do the same thing until that thing is contested by powers in the spirit. And you will see that even though she's doing the same thing you are doing, that the origin of her own vision is not from the soul, it's from where? The spirit. So, the realm from which the physical actions and the engagement, the business or whatever you are doing, ministry that you are doing, is coming from decides what he can survive. Determines what he can survive. So, for example, we did 18 hours. Somebody can decide to do his own 18 hours. After that, we did and God said, I was passing through this thing. I saw one more of God and I put his own program on there and I said, Come on, that cabbage. Iman. Are you getting the point now? People can organize until you come, you see that there is no grace there. Are you with me? Because the intention originated from where? Soul. Yeah, so. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Traveling to South Africa is more one of your visions. Okay. In fact, before I cross over any any day, any new year, I always write down the vision. Yes, 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 yes. Mind you, it's not bad though. The question is where it is coming from. As a matter of fact, you can write those visions as a man and accomplish them. 
That is, if, if the contention against his manifestation is not coming from a realm that is superior to where it is born. How do I explain it? Your vision is born from your heart. Is it not true? We hope that the day it wants to be accomplished, that the powers contesting it is not coming from a region that is more powerful than your soul. It's not coming from a region that is more powerful than you. Are you with me? Have you heard people come and say, this year, I will not be wasteful. I will not do this. I will not. They will write it down. Many things as their 2020 vision. Glory to God. By February, some people mess up even in January. So, did you travel? I have never thought of this. <laughs> Continue. 2014, I wrote I will travel. 2015, I wrote I will travel. 2017, 2018. It was after 2018. Mind you, he's making all the efforts. You are, he's just saying it. These things he's saying is costing thousands and hundreds of thousands of naira, and didn't come out. Is it that you didn't do what you're supposed to do? As a matter of fact, he did what others are doing, entered where others are entering. And most people went. He didn't go. Hmm? Because. <laughs> oh my God. Even you. By now. Forget that he wrote his own. Some people wrote, didn't write their own on paper, but it's in their heart. <laughs> it's written there. Dio, say the truth. By your plans, are you supposed to be in this state? Uh-uh. What are you saying? By my plans, I've said it many times. Glory to God. <laughs> so, I want to give a, I give a disclaimer. When I talk about visions, are you with me? I am particular to the fact that I'm, not, I'm talking about visions that are not born from the regions of the soul. As powerful as it can be, believe me, you can write down visions and still accomplish it. It's not bad. It's just that the days that spirits begin to contest the manifestation of that vision, make sure that the origin... Eh? has the capacity to sustain that vision. And that was why when Paul was talking to him, he said that uh, this vision is what a heavenly vision. Are you with me? He has to make emphasis on the origin of the vision. He has to make emphasis on the source of the vision. Because your source will finally become your sustainer. To digress, that is the basis of first fruit. Have you heard people talk about first fruit? That's the basis of first fruit. The person that collects your first fruit should retain the capacity to sustain you. So if you eat your first fruit, eh? that means you have the capacity to what? Sustain yourself. And there are people that have the capacity. I don't know, do you have? No, there are people that so. I'm not saying you should do anything. I'm saying just understand the principle. 
No, don't take us away. Don't take us away. I don't want to go away. Let's come back. I want to focus on what we are doing. If we enter the night, we... So now, so I'm talking about a heavenly vision. And in the case of Paul, look at what he said in verse 13. He said, At midday, O king, I saw in the way what? A light from where? Heaven. Listen to this thing. Because I've said it many times and some of you think I'm lying. Or rather that I'm not saying it the correct way. The light that shined made the sun pale in his brightness. You have not yet seen light. When you see light, you see that sun is dark. I wait. You are not getting it. This sun that is shining, as powerful as it is, it is actually dark. In context and contrast with the type of light that Paul is talking about. The sun can only shine on your body, on the physical realm. There is a light that shines into any realm. Eh? There is a light that can shine into your spirit. No matter how the sun shines, it can't shine into your spirit. But there is a light that shines. And a man that is bent on breaking the, the, the will of God was, was weakened in a moment. What type of light is that? He said, I saw a light. And he said, no, I agree. He's, let me paraphrase in my word. He said to tell him, you don't know the type of man I am. We didn't have time to read the preceding verses even before this started. Paul took time and he always takes time and, and show you his CV. Eh? Paul will show you his CV and accolades, the things he's able to accomplish as a man. Are you with me? He will say Hebrew of Hebrews, Pharisees of the best. But I saw, I saw a light. Oh my God. May you see that light. Amen. And this is, it is on this context, it's on this basis that you can cry for encounters. Because that is what fashions out your seasons of process. You see, when Paul came out of process and he was taken before the king, the basis of his authority is what the visions he had, the encounters he had. He is basing his authority on what the encounters and visions that he had. Guess when he had those visions and encounters? See, the wilderness is the process is because when you come out to manifest, that's no time to be having some. Are you with me? Paul said, you don't know me, I'm a hard man. It's just like some people, they are caught, they are carrying guns when Jesus made them. Some people have killed people when Jesus made them. Some people are Satanists. They have spoken with Satan face to face. When Jesus encountered them. Some people are sheep in man. They are saying, uh, as they are saying, uh, the next thing they spoke in tongues. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Some of them say that there, some of them say Jesus appeared to them there. There is a song that says, Jesus, your word is true. 
Your word is true. Your word is true. Jesus. Your word is true. Your word is true. Your word is true. When he said, when the Lord said, if I be lifted up. Huh? If I be what? Lifted up. I can draw men. I will retain the capacity to draw any man, anytime, anywhere to myself. Doesn't matter whether he's in a mosque. Doesn't matter whether he's your president. I don't care who he is. Doesn't matter whether he's your governor or whatever, all these occult people. I'm sent to occult people, my friend. When I read the church history, I see men that converted with I with me, St. Patrick of Ireland. His ministries with Jews. Have you heard of Jews? They are the hidden 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 merchants of, um, of, 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 of Ireland those days. They are the people in charge of their hidden religion. Druids. D-R-U-I-D-S. Druids. I with you. They are in charge of witchcraft those days. You have watched it in movies, my friend. Haven't you watched Merlin? They are telling me. People will be saying they don't know, so they are watching it in movies every day. You are watching it in all these science fiction movies. They are showing you witchcraft, you don't know. They will paint it with one fine girl. It's Druids. When St. Patrick comes, it's Druids that get born again. There is a day, they, they, one of them, one of those apostolic fathers, there is a day he came and an army of the people, an army of choir members that were supposed to, they killed them and put them, put their corpse into the river. He came and raised his hand like this. The river dried up. He raised his hands again. Life entered on thousands of soldiers. An army of choir. And they came back and continued singing. Who are these guys? And the Bible said, Wait. He said, The glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. When I remember this thing, I will go and I will tell myself the truth. Why are we hyping ourselves? I look at my generation, we hype ourselves. Huh? It's better I die. And no seat. Why am I alive? I, I will die paying the price. We are stopped. Others let them continue. I will shut the course, my friend. The scripture says, for this reason, the Son of God came. That means there is a context and purpose for our appearing on earth. Why will you die for less? We have a generation that had themselves. So it's called we see one or two things, suddenly we lose our hunger, we lose our wonder. I charge you this day, you hearing my voice, don't settle for this. 
If God said it, Kaba Sikish. Kaba Sikish. Kemo Kayate Koba. If God said it, we are going to see it all. Oh my God. I, I don't know why, but I have chosen to believe God. You don't know what it means to believe God. And that is the reason why we have encounters and visions because it is after, it is on the basis of encounters and visions that convictions are formed. It is after these things all will come and say, I am persuaded. So the small one you have seen is not for you to settle for it. It is to persuade you that there is more. For we will never settle for less. For we know there's more that's found in you. <laughs> I, I taught yourself. I will never settle for. It's a vow. We are, <laughs> for we know there's more that's found in you. Are you sure you know? Are you sure? Are you sure? For we. We never settle for less. For we know there is more less found in you. <laughs> for we will never settle for less. For we know there is more less found in you. I will never settle for less. For I know there's more that's found in you. I came all the time. I will never settle for this. For I know there's more that's I am persuaded that he that began the good work in us will perform it, will perfect it. I come all Samina, for we know there's more that's found in you. <laughs> for we will never settle for less. For love, there's more that's found in you. We will never settle for less. For love, there's more that's found in you. For we will never. I know there is more. I know there is more. I know there is more. Oh my God. For I know there's more than me. We will never settle for this. For I know we contend for more. We contend for more. We contend for more. We contend for the greater glory. Settle for less. For we know there's more that's found in you. 
Come on, pray in the spirit for one minute. It's a prayer. It's a prayer. It's a prayer. Get that home. Get that We vow on God. We will not settle for this. We will pay the price. We will pay the price of obedience. We will pay the price of alignment.
I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Then I heard a voice. What did he say? Come up here. He, he said he, he was in the spirit. So in other words, this is not a novice. As it pertains to the functionalities and oppressions that is found in the realm of the spirit, this guy is conversant. Are you with me? But we suddenly found out that even a man that is in the spirit can yet be operating below the expected capacity, the expected um, um, energy level. So inside the spirit, he was told to what? Come up high. So I bring you news that even in the spirit, in the realm of the spirit, just in case you find yourself operating in the things of the spirit, operating in the realms of Christ, there is yet a higher place, a higher plane. He's already in the spirit. But he heard a voice. Say what? May you hear a voice today. May you hear a voice today. And may you be able to interpret it. May you hear a voice tell you, come up higher. The demands on your life, the demands on our generation is higher. If our fathers were able to do more, much more than we are seeing, how much more are we expected to do? Because the scripture can never be broken. He said that the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. And we began to see what they did and what God did through them. <laughs> it, it, it became a challenge. Anyway, that was actually the issue when this prophecy was spoken. Because the people that saw the first house before it was brought down, when, they were, when this prophecy came, they, they found it hard to believe it. They found it hard to believe it because they saw the temple of Solomon and saw the glory and the gold and everything. So when they were told that the glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, they found it hard to believe. Found it hard to believe. But I choose to believe. I'm a prisoner of hope. <laughs> Touch yourself. Say, I'm a prisoner of hope. It is on this basis that Paul said, I am persuaded. We are still coming to convictions. Your life is as powerful as the convictions that you have. <coughs> okay, let's continue from where we are. Visions and encounters. So I'm still talking about visions. At midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them that and them which, which journeyed with me. And listen, follow. And when we were all falling to the earth, that means this light came and slew them under power. Are you with me? Are you seeing it in your Bible? He said the light shined round about not just him, the people that are with him. And the scripture now said that and when we were all falling to the earth, I heard what? A voice speaking unto me, saying in Hebrew tongue. <laughs> oh my God. 
Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thou for thee to kick against the priest. I don't know. You must have listened to my tape. Our message. The preeminence of the voice of God. You have listened to you. Raise your hand. One of the things that was said there is that the greatest evidence that a man met God is what? The voice. It is also in the message, the, the protocol of God's presence. The greatest evidence that a man met God is what? So if you met God, what did he tell you? You see, the light shine and they will slain on that power. All kinds of things were happening. All kinds of demonstration. Guess what? He said, after we are falling on the earth, after you are falling on that power, make sure you hear something. Yeah? As things are happening, commotion everywhere, make sure you what? Because we, your life, your life is dependent on it. The scripture says, man shall not live by bread alone. If man does not live by bread, what does man live by? So it is that you live by the proceeding word. So when you have encounters, your encounter is not complete until you receive an instruction. Until there is a voice that comes from it. So you tell me, I saw Jesus. The next thing I will ask you, what did he say? So you just waving at me. You just pass by. Glory to God. You are you are the same thing with those people moving with Paul. Because I hope you know you are the same thing with them. When the power struck, it was the only Paul. He struck everybody. Why is it that it's only Paul that participated in the encounter? In other words, power can strike people that he's only one person that participated in the encounter. So we can experience the move of God and come and then we laughed in the Holy Ghost the other day. You'll be shocked that there's not many people that participated in the encounter that that laughing in the spirit is supposed to minister. For he that sitteth in the heavens shall what? He says, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the prick. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? <laughs> How does he know he is Lord? How can you just hear a voice and say, and call the person Lord? They said now 
that the power and the force was too much that he called him Lord. Is that why he called him Lord? Eh? I think, why? You are wrong. I think you have heard me explain this thing before, is it not? Okay, yes. Who has heard me explain this thing before? Okay, what did I explain? Uh, you can explain it at such a conference. Okay. When, he was, when they were killing, what his name is Stephen? Mm-hmm. They laid the clothes of Stephen at his feet. Mm-hmm. And um, the glory that he saw, that light that shone on the day that he fell, was the same glory that shone on the face of Stephen when Stephen was being killed. So he knew that this was the Lord of Stephen. This was the Lord of Stephen. So he has seen this thing before. Are you with me? He has seen this thing where before he saw it on Stephen. And that thing that he saw on Stephen has never left him. The thing still remained. He could not explain it. So when the thing came again, you know, he knew that whoever, whatever this thing is, eh, is worthy to be called Lord. He didn't just say, who are you? What are you? He said, he said, who are thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. That's another mystery on his own. Is it Jesus that Paul was persecuting? Literally, is it Jesus? You now understand when the scriptures say you are the body of Christ. Anytime you lay hands on the sick and he didn't recover, you are say, telling the person that are you with me? That Jesus cannot heal this issue. Whenever, whenever you are doing, just know that I used to say it to me, as I'm laying hands on you. Jesus is taking opportunity and laying hands on you. I'm here as if it's Jesus. In fact, when I'm praying to prepare for programs, this is the way I pray. I would blend so that you two will know how to pray. Don't go and be praying nonsense prayer. I will say, Lord, wear me as a garment. Eh? You know the way somebody wears clothes? That's the one thing. Wear me as a garment. Kima. Wear me. Oh God. Come on, come on. I, I yield. The only reason why we yield is that somebody will use you. Is it not true? Is when you yield, somebody will now enter. Is it not true? That's the whole essence of yielding and surrender. I yield myself. I yield my will, oh God. Surrender my surrender my will, I surrender my affection, I surrender We are me as a garment and reveal your glory once again. I am not, I am not, I am not, I am not. You think we are joking. This, I am practicing, I am doing life practice because as I did it now, I with you. The thing shifted. If you are in the spirit, you would have felt it. The thing shifted. 
That's how I will stay until the man will be wearing. What I notice that he, when he wears you, he he dresses. Don't he takes his time in dressing up? <laughs> he takes his what time in dressing up? You can dress up in two minutes, is it not true? But not him. He takes his time. As he's dressing up, he checks whether his clothes is iron. You are telling him wear me. His clothes has to be neat, is it not true? I come by the blood. I come by. Sanctify my coat. All the impurities in any way that my heart is full. Purity. Purity. He wants to wear you, but he cannot wear any garment and come out. Because anybody that sees him after that time, he sees him. He's no more you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some days he will want his clothes ironed. And he want to rush out to say, wait, wait. Let's iron you. Let's iron you. Because that day you are nothing but what say clothes, garment. That he is weary. When you now lay hands after that time, it's Jesus that is laying hands. What would have happened if he is there bodily? Is what because what you offered was a body. The scripture says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, it says, Sacrifice and offering have I not demanded from you. But what? A body. The greatest thing you can offer God, you can offer him, is what say a body. Actually, two things a body and a will surrender. That's the greatest secret to carrying the presence of God. A surrendered will and a surrendered body. The greatest secret to carrying the presence is what? Surrendered will. That's the greatest secret. There is no other secret. That's what the scripture meant by saying, Abide in me and I in you. Because I've asked that question here. When the scripture says, Abide in me, what does it mean? And I in you. What does it mean? Surrender your will. Surrender your body. These are the two things. Okay, um, how did I get here? My God. Um, let's... Verse 16 said, But rise and stand up upon thy feet. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. To make thee what? To make thee what? And a witness. <laughs> uh, you know, most times when I talk about witness, witness, people wonder, did you hear pastor here? Did you hear reverend? Did you hear prophet? He's not even called an apostle here. Because whether you are an apostle, whatever you are, a prophet, whatever you are, you are a minister, a servant.
So from here you can categorize our the expectation of God from us. One is service, ministry, and another is witness. Said I am come to make you what a minister and what both of things which thou hast seen and of those things which I will appear unto thee. So in other words, this is not the only encounter that Paul had. I with me. He also had many other what encounters. Yes, delivering thee from the people and from Gentiles unto whom now I send thee to open what. If you are an evangelist, this is the your number one scripture. This is the number one scripture for the evangelistic ministry. Let's read it together. One, two, ready, go. To open their eyes. One. That's the major thing an evangelist is supposed to do. That's the major job. Unbelievers are unbelievers because their eyes is not open. And towards number two. Turn from darkness to light. First thing is what? Open. So the man that his eyes is not open cannot be turned from darkness. Something is blinding them. In the book of Second Corinthians chapter four. Think the first few verses. Four four. He said, "Those whose who the God of this world has blinded their eyes." Yes. So that they will not see the light of the glorious gospel of Christ Jesus. So the challenge is that the light is shining, but they are blind. Doesn't matter how these light bulbs are shining. If you are blind, you can't see it. Is it not true? Hey, look at how bright it is. It's not for a blind person. So the first thing he said is what to open their eyes. Number two is to is to turn them from darkness to light, and from what the power of Satan unto what, and then that they may receive what forgiveness of sin, and then what inheritance among the sanctified by the faith that is in me. So this is a state I with me. Your job is not your job is defined here. You are not getting my point. Go and study here where then you see your job, your job description, stage by stage. One, by all means, break the veil that is covering their eyes. Hmm? When you have broken that veil, then you shine light. That's why if you want to be effective in evangelism, you have to do warfare first. Receive the power. That's what we, there is a power that makes men break men down in conviction. You talk like this and they are broken down. I was at Enugu. It was a music concert. Music concert. As I was speaking, people were, were coming to the altar and crying at the altar. And I was. It's music concert. And I'm not doing altar call. What is happening? Something is cracking their heart. There was a story that was told of a man. Called Jonathan Edwards. How many of you have heard of Jonathan Edwards? There is a message he preached. He didn't preach the message. He actually read it from a book. 
The topic of that message was sinners in the hands of an angry God. That message, if you preach it today, people will leave. They will say you are legalistic. You are preaching damnation and condemnation. It's not, number two is that he is reading it. The, the thing is not about what you are saying. You can be preaching about the love of God and you didn't say anything bad, yet people are cutting their hearts. That means there is something doing the cutting. There is something removing the veil. It doesn't matter what you are saying. Are you with me? Your job is to show men eh, their depravity. It doesn't matter whether you are proving preaching love and they saw their depravity. And it doesn't matter whether you are preaching hell and they saw their depravity. What you are preaching is not the main thing. The main thing is what is achieved. Are you with me? I was trying to explain to somebody, I'm doing some essay, that's the challenge in social media. You will not be able to do some clear-cut exegesis because there is no time to explain your many things. You know, so. But I noticed that it's not even about the explanation. The person already has his own bias about the scripture. I was trying to tell him, for a man that have not seen his insufficiency, his depravity, he needs to be shown the law. You need the law. If you have not seen how much you need God, you don't need grace, you need the law. To see how much you need God, because grace, the person that is sufficient in himself doesn't need grace. The person that have not seen his depravity doesn't need grace. Are you seeing? So, Paul now said on this wise that the law is what? The schoolmaster. The law is the schoolmaster to drive you to the place where you acknowledge your insufficiency. On that day, grace will now be ministered to you. Once a man acknowledges his insufficiency, the law, the work of the law is finished. If you continue to use, press the law after that time, you are a legalist. And you are, you, are, you are trying to bring people in bondage again. Are you with me? Any man that is bringing the law after men has acknowledged their weakness as the insufficiency and is crying out for help, that man is from Satan. He is trying to yoke people back again. But if the man, if somebody is still feeling he can do it, and I mean there are people that never really cried out for help and they are born again. They say they are born again. But they have never seen how much they need God. They, they feel as if it's God that needs them. No, you are the one that needs God. God doesn't need you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You say you gave your life to Christ. Is it not true? The truth is also, that's half of the story. When you say you gave your life to Christ, it's true. But that's half of the story. The remaining half, and the more important half is that Christ gave his life to you. Are you with me? The truth is that you actually gave your life to Christ. What happened at New Birth is not a changed life. It's what? An exchanged life. It is not a one-way traffic. It is a both-way traffic. You gave Christ your old life and gave you a new life. Is a change. Amen. So no, the third step there is to deliver them from the power of Satan. There are people that are born again. You need to break some yokes over their life. 
There are things people should not carry into. You know, the, that's what people don't understand. That's why some people say that once you are born again, why is it that they are born again and some things are still following them? The reason is that we don't even understand what you are supposed to do as an evangelist. Kadak said field, break the curses over their life. Things that have held them bound. Can somebody be born again and masturbation follows him into the kingdom? Breaking there, my friend. Break addiction. He said he is smoking, he's following women, he cannot stop himself. And he got born again, you didn't do anything about it. You don't know your job. He said, he said what? Break them from what? The power of Satan onto the power of God. It's a power of Satan that is holding them bound to addiction. Holding them bound to cigarette. There is something you need. The, the desire for cigarette will die in your system. The desire for women will die in your system. There is an energy of God that, you will, hit, that will hit you. The desire for, for Pono, it will die in your system. There is something in a man's world when he's preaching to you and ministering these things. There is an energy in him that can break these things in your soul. It's called the power of Satan. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You are born again two years. You have not been delivered from the power of Satan. Something is wrong. The person that ministers salvation to you doesn't did, didn't do his job fully. He's supposed to open the veil, minister light, and deliver you from the power of Satan. Some of the things people are suffering, it's not because they want to suffer you, but they can't help themselves. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You, most of us need to upgrade our evangelistic ministry. You must know how to expel demons. What did I say? Expel demons. Not many people are sick bodily. Huh? You can even be sick and still be living your, some kind of sickness. But devils will never allow you to fulfill your destiny. Break the power of Satan. What did I say? Break the power of Satan. Break it over their life. Suddenly, so the person will, people will come and meet you and say, I can't explain it. I don't know what happened to me. The desire for women died. The desire for cigarettes died. The desire for, for alcohol died. What is it? An image. I saw a man of God. He called out some people. The guy smokes at least, is it two or three packets or more of cigarettes per day? Think up to six packets. Something thereabout. At least one packet of cigarettes per day, which is normal. I hope you know people smoke more than that. He got born again, he's still smoking. The man of God now called him and said, Put his hand before his nose like this. Say, Smell it. Say, Smell the glory. Oh my God. Say after me. Smell the glory. He is the one. The guy smelled the glory and the desire for cigarettes died. For God, there is an energy that can kill it now. That energy is there. Is there? Lay hold on that energy. Be talking, talking, talking. 
Someone will be wondering whether this Christianity works. No. After some time, you will explain to them. You will be giving explanation on why they should be struggling. You are, you are, you are inept, my friend. Well, find something. Find something and help them. Somebody met me and said that every he cannot he cannot help himself every day he must he must sleep with a prostitute every day every day I have seen people that sleep with animals <laughs> there is nothing we have not seen and when you see those things it's not you know that that person needs help it's not to be are you with me is that the day to come and be telling the person's story. No, if the person likes it, he don't, you will see the person is weeping. He can't help himself for God. He will tell you he has met his pastor in heaven and they can't do anything. A guy met me during your service. And he said he has met people. They prayed for him and gave him counseling. <laughs> he knew that that thing didn't do anything. He will be in his sleep in the night and they will forcefully carry him and want to coronate him the chief priest of his village deity. And the pastor is telling him, just be prone, uh, confessing scripture, confessing scripture, that I am now born again. Now, they are carrying him in the dream and going into the shrine. You are not hearing what I'm saying. Is that the time to tell the guy's story? You need power. You need power. What did they say? You need power. You need power to deliver the man. I told him from today I stopped Satan. The guy fell on that power. He rolled on the ground and devils were coming out of him. He said in the night they will call him and they will bring the bubare and want to shoot him down. That's not the guy. That's not time for counseling. Guidance, that's not time for counseling. That's time for what? Power. Don't come and tell so the kingdom cannot spread without power. You need power to disciple your children, even as a mother in the home. There are things that are happening to your children. It's not, it's not flogging matter, my friend. It's not, it's not flogging matter. It's not giving them counseling from the scripture. It's in the name of Jesus. Take your hands off, my children. Stop you. Put an injunction on your ministry. Are you hearing me? When the guy, for every night, the guy, Two weeks, nothing happened. He said, man of God, the thing has... That guy was a mighty evangelist before I left. You think he doesn't love God? It's because you have not shown him the one that he can follow. All court men and all these people, they are joining because they, their pastor had not helped them. Why would they come and be... Why would they drop the one? Why would they drop the one they have when they are not sure that you can protect them? You are telling them to give you your time when you cannot do anything. Say what? Deliver them from the power of Satan. So I tell you that the spirit of death is on me. He wants to collect me today. He said, Death, I stop you. Death will stop on his tracks. Is, are you with me? Is there any bigger thing to preach? Somebody got born again, got born again in your hands. 
and he told the person to get born again. Jesus will protect you. Jesus, he got born again and then got born again and died. Oh my God, he's a monk. So your Jesus cannot protect people. What Jesus do you have? My own. My own went into the headquarters of Satan. He went there. That's where he carried the warfare to Satan's headquarters. Hmm? You know the warfare. I don't mind. The scripture said he made, he made a public show of him, triumphing over him in it. Eh? When he won Satan, they stripped Satan and was parading him on the street of, of hell. When he finished, he collected men there. That was what the scripture meant by saying that he led captivity. What captive? He rose and gave gifts of men. It was because of that that men like me appeared. Hey! I appeared because that man went there and conquered. Eh? And because of his the, the reason, because he conquered, I was I came as a manifestation of his victory. Because when a man conquers, there is a need for men to know the story. The, there is a need for men to know the story of, of his exploits. He raised me as a witness. He raised me as a witness to bear record of that victory. The victory he had in hell. Where he conquered death and Satan. And everything that the hell and the region of darkness can raise. That's why he said that he led captivity captive. And gave gifts of men. Men that can become witness. Paul said that he raised me as a minister. Because when he talked about ministry, he's talking about the apostolic office that God gave, up, gave him. And he's a minister and what? A witness. That's why God raised people like us. So that on the account of that victory, we will rise as witnesses in our generation. Men endued with the same grace, the same power that rose him from the dead, was the same power that he bestowed upon us. So that we can be an accurate witness. Are you with me? So that any time they see us, when we function, it will be a testimony to the fact that when Jesus went to hell, he actually conquered Satan. If it's true that Jesus conquered Satan, where are we seeing him parading on the street? Let's put him in his place, my friends. Let's put Satan where he belongs. Why is he still moving around in your family? Or can I put him where he belongs? He is a defeated foe. I say you have that power. I say he's defeated. I say he's defeated. I say he's not just defeated. They made a public show of him. You are not getting the point. They put shame on him. So he's not supposed to be moving around. When they collect your clothes, is it time to be moving on the street? He is hiding, my friend. Of course. Of course. It's because he saw you don't know things. That's why he's moving around. Once you know, he will disappear. He will hide. <laughs> and it's on that wise that Jesus said, He shall receive power. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, of course. You shall receive power to put Satan in his place. Son of God was what? That he will what? Destroy. 
works of Satan. Anytime you see Satan walking anywhere, stop him. Stop him there. I hear one else. Whenever you see Satan, stop him. Yes. The thing has been collected from him. <laughs> Devil is in trouble. Oh. Because of you. How do I know? Because of you. Because you are around. Devil is in trouble. Oh. You are a demon destroyer. You are a demon destroyer, my friend. When they hear that Tony is coming, all of them will scamper. They will disappear. We went about to do to do the rare rocket. When we go to that place, when we go, there is a place we reach the warfare in the night. They send rain for us. I told all of them, get out of the. We were inside the house. Get out of the. Let's enter the rain. As we are marching and we are chanting and moving into the, the rain, dried. Satan is not that powerful, my friends. Okay. <laughs> and then our eyes was open in the spirit, and we saw that the the hapalis and witch doctors in the village, they were they ran away to the next village. All of them disappeared for us. Can I be operating? And Satan is operating with me. He will do small, you do small. Both of us will be fighting to know who we will. Hey, oh God. Where is it in your Bible? Oh. Hey! There is no contest. Is there no contest? The scripture calls it triumphing in victory. The same power. Talk to yourself. Touch yourself, my friend. I'm carrying the same power. Carrying the same power. You don't believe it. You don't believe it. If you believe it, something will rest. There is an anointing and feeling. If you believe it, listen to me. Listen to me. Say after me. Say after me. Raise your hand. Raise it. Pray in us. A little. Pray in us. Pray the spirit. Give me some. Don't. You are not praying. Pray in us. Pray in the spirit. Pray this way. One minute. Pray this way.
Jesus' mighty name we pray. Power over devils. Power over altars. Power over shrines. Power over sickness. Power over afflictions. Power over curses. Power over covenants. Power over afflictions. Power over ordinances. Power over occultic powers. Power over witchcraft. Power over necromancy. Power, power over astrology. Power, 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 power over sin. Power, power over addictions. Power, 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 power. Mighty name we pray. The mandate of the Holy Ghost will never be achieved if there is no power. The scripture says in the book of Psalms, chapter 110, it said, And the Lord said unto my Lord, Sit down at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. He said, For thou shalt stretch forth the rod of thy strength from Zion. And by the greatness of thy power will thy enemies submit. Thy people shall be willing in the days of your power. <laughs> hey, your territory will be willing. In the days of your power, your territory have not submitted. You don't have power. We we apply for power. We apply for fire. Power over territories. Power. Power to subdue things that have lasted for 200 years. Power to subdue corruption in our land. Power. That sort of power. Power that can heal, that, that cannot subdue addiction and corruption is not yet the power we are looking for. We need power. The scripture says that the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but in power. In power. In power. In power. It's in power, my friends. Mighty name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. The scripture says, And he gave them power over to cure all sicknesses. Cancer is one of them. Cancer is one of them. HIV is one of them. He gave them power over all sicknesses. 
Why am I healing ulcer and I'm not healing cancer? What happened to the madman? What happened to the dead? He gave them power, power, power. Hey. Is the power, this power, I want to touch the tangibility. Let me feel it in my hands. I want to obliterate the functionality and operation of Satan in my family. I must recover the land that has been considered to the enemy. Every territory that has been considered to the enemy by power will recover them. Thy people shall be willing in the day of your power. It's not his, his power that announces you that you have come. That's the day your people will submit. By the greatness of your power, your enemies submit. Your enemies is waiting for one thing to submit. Power. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.